Welcome to episode three of the Disciple Making Disciples podcast conversations uh, at Northwest Community Church. We're grateful that you've tuned in with us. Uh, Whether you're part of our church family or someone shared this with you, uh, you are welcome here. We hope that this conversation is helpful to you as you join us in unpacking what does it mean to be disciple making disciples. We've been using that language and we realized we probably need to help unpack that. And so we chose to uh, record some conversations with our church body to help unpack the definition that we have given. We've said that being a disciple is learning to trust, love, and obey Jesus. We've talked about making disciples being when someone who is a disciple is helping someone else learn to trust, love, and obey Jesus. And so we're, we're having a conversation with our friend Robin Rutledge as she helps us unpack and think through what does it mean specifically to trust Jesus. We hope this conversation stirs up some conversation in your own home, or maybe some thoughts and further study for you. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Send us a note, info at northwestlife.org. We look forward to hearing from you on how you're processing these conversations, what questions you have, and how we can better facilitate our church body being disciples who are making disciples. So without further ado, here's episode three with Robin Rutley. Yeah, so, so let's just take a few minutes and just kind of look at a few verses that talk about what it means to about trusting Jesus. So, so to kind of get a running start, um, a very common way to define what a disciple is in church is, say, oh, a disciple is somebody who's following Jesus. And I think the reason that we don't want to just say a disciple is somebody who's following Jesus, you should just go follow Jesus, is because what Robin said at the beginning, which is like, I can't see Jesus. I, I, he's not in bodily form on the earth right now. So I, I can't do that literally. And so we wanted something that that would be a little bit more practical for people that are, um, that are in the 21st century church. And so three of the, there's different times when Jesus kind of sum, summarizes what it means to, um, <laughs> David, David just opened a beer can. <laughs> just kidding, it's not a beer can. <laughs> I'm a witness, Coca-Cola. It's, it's my addiction. It's a Coke, Coke, Coke Zero. Oh, is it? Okay. So, um, there's different times where Jesus, he says, he, he, there's, there's ways he talks where he's kind of summarizing what it means to respond to him. And like I said at the beginning, that really this is all about seeing who Jesus is and then responding to him. It's not about our... our pastors or about our church or something like that. It's about, it's about Jesus. And, um, so one of them is in, it's in, in these three words that we've chosen. So trust, love, and obey, trust Jesus, love Jesus and obey Jesus. Uh, he says in, um, in John in John six twenty nine, uh, somebody asked him, let's, let's just look at John six twenty nine real quick. Robin, would you read that? Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. Okay, read actually the verse before, too, whatever the beginning of that sentence is. Then he said to them, What shall we do, that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he sent. I think this is really interesting because this almost feels a little bit like the conversation we were having earlier, where it's like, People are kind of around Jesus, and they're like, what, but what do you want us to do? And he's like, believe. And he's like, no, 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 but how do, what, what do we do? 
actually, like, no, you should believe. And it kind of reminds me of what we were talking about before, like with, but, but how does this actually apply? And I think that there is a healthy, a healthy sense in which whenever we ask Jesus, Jesus, what should I do? He's always going to point us to him. And that can be frustrating because we do want action steps. But here they're asking him for an action step. And he says, no, 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 the, the work is to, is to, to believe. I said, no, no, I didn't ask you, like, should I believe? I asked you about the work. No, the work is to believe. The, everything is about believing. And, um, and so, uh, so, so believing. And um, so trusting Jesus, really trust is a synonym for belief. And in the way we use the word belief today, um, we think of it like, well, I believe in the abominable snowman or something. Like, I believe that we landed on the moon, that something, we kind of think of it like that. And, and really, the word that's used here in the original language is much more similar to the word trust, the, the way we would say, use the word trust in, in English. And so when, when we say that a, a disciple is somebody who is who is learning, because none of us are complete products, we're all works in progress. So a disciple is somebody who's learning to trust Jesus, love Jesus, and obey Jesus. Um, we're saying that this is kind of what a disciple, a, a disciple looks like, a, a mature disciple looks like. And so trust, um, so trusting Jesus, trust means basically a conviction that something is true or that someone is reliable. So trusting means a conviction that something is true or that someone is reliable. And then if we use it as a verb, what does it mean to trust? It means to rely on someone or something. Okay. So here's my, here's my question. I think this will kind of get at, at like, is trust something that we do that's like a one-time thing for salvation? Or is it, is it a yes or no question? Do I trust Jesus? Is it a, is it a process or not? Um, what are some examples of trust in our everyday lives? And I, I'm thinking not in this, not within the church. Like, what are some things or some people that we would trust or not trust in our everyday lives? Like the sun coming up? I mean, like that, or electricity, or like institutions, all right? Any, so what do you mean when you say you trust electricity? Well, I don't trust it fully, but <laughs> when it when it breaks my trust, I'm very sad. But um, I trust that when I get up, I can turn on lights, I can use my toaster, I can make some coffee. It's it's you, you know, by and large, it's almost 100 percent there. And you also trust that this power company that has put the power lines and the whatever the circuits in your house that it's not going to blow your house up. Right. There's a certain amount of trust that this is... Yeah, it's gonna, the people that built my house, even, that they wired it appropriately, and it's not going to cause a fire when I turn it on. Yeah. yeah, exactly. What about you, Dave? What's something that comes to mind? There's a lot of erosion of trust, is what comes to my mind. <laughs> he has trust issues! <laughs> uh, I guess I would, I historically would say... Um, we would trust... Um. Yeah, I have trust issues. <laughs> okay, so, second so, podcast. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, so so what's an example of something that you 
that you have trust issues about. I'd say for someone hard in this day and age is to know if anyone is trustworthy in what they say because it's very easy to misrepresent information and facts. And we see that in social media. And unfortunately, where we might have used to rely on maybe a journalist or a news source, who is trustworthy? And that's not a commentary on any one Uh or any specific thing. Just it's it's hard these days to to trust because there's distortions or there's discrepancies. Yeah, and I think that really does get at what it means to to trust in one sense. So, yeah, I thought of, like, okay, a a newspaper, like, and again, there's different ones that you may trust or not trust, but, like, the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal, we we talk about, oh, I believe the New York Times is trustworthy. If they say it, then it's going to be, then I I think it's accurate. Or we might say, the New York Times is not trustworthy. If they say it, it's definitely got a spin on it. But, But it's this issue of... Do we, we have a trust relationship with a journalist? They're telling me something that's relevant to my life. Is it true or is it not true? That's one example. Or like yeah. a um, one that comes to my mind is like a it's like a business partner. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm going sure. to to go so so for me like joining staff at, at, at Northwest, like one a question I ask is like, okay, you know, David and Matt, do I trust these guys? Like, I want to work with some people who I, I, I trust, sure. and and you know, kind of has to do with like, do I believe that that they're going to, to treat me well? Do I believe that when they say, hey, this is what your job's going to look like, it's actually going to look like what, like that? Do I, do, do I, do I trust them um, that they'll do what they say, that they are generally reliable, good people? And I do, which is why I'm excited to, to, to be here. So there's some examples of trust. And um, so as we think about what it means to trust Jesus, um, there's kind of... I have one, two, three, four things here that that involves. Um, number one, Robin, would you read First uh, Corinthians fifteen three through eleven? Fifteen. Yeah, fifteen three through eleven. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. Okay, so here's kind of, when we think of, there's, when we say we need to trust Jesus, that we we want to be people who are learning to trust Jesus, there's one sense in which it means that we need to trust Jesus like we might trust or not trust a journalist. But we need to have trust that what the Bible says about Jesus is true. That, that, that these things that, that the Bible says Jesus did and said, that, that he actually did those things. That Jesus actually, and, and the, core, the core facts that we need to be able to trust are, are accurate about Jesus um, are in this verse that Jesus read, that, that Jesus, that he was the Son of God that came into the world, that he, um, that he was a real person, that he died for our sins, that he was crucified, that he, that he ascended back into heaven. But there's a sense in which we need to, trusting Jesus means trusting that what the Bible says about Jesus is, is true. He really did do and say those things. So here's my question. Is that, do we sometimes find ourselves wavering in trust about those things? Or is it just kind of like a st- 
steady, you know. Well, that depends on who you're asking. What are you asking? <laughs> what, 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 about, what about for y'all? So I, I'll say for myself, when I was in college, I was a believer. I was a disciple. I was actively trying to grow my relationship with Christ. But then I took a class um, at, at UNC. Oh, from that man. From that, oh. from that man. And, uh, Without his name. From, 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 from Bar- I don't give him any attention. Uh, from, 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 uh, from, from Bart Ehrman. And, and it's, you know, he, basically he, he makes this very elaborate case about why the Bible is, is, is not accurate and why you can't know these things about that the Jesus said it did actually happen. And, and it, it, it hurt my trust. And, and I was in this point where it was like, okay, you know, six months ago before I went to college, I didn't have any doubts in my mind that these things are true. But now all of a sudden my trust, my trust in the sense feels a lot weaker. Now, so let me ask a question then how, and I mean, Will talked about this at, I think he gave a testimony a few months ago. He didn't take the class. I hope he doesn't. Why did you, I'm curious. Well, here's why I took it, but off camera. That's a whole, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, another thing, whether that, not that was a good idea. I'm honestly not sure. But, um, so how, how, how could somebody, help quote-unquote disciple me in that moment to help me at this moment where my trust is wavering to help me grow in trusting jesus in this way what could that possibly look like the simple answer but i think feeding on those doubts and reading material from all the doubters is probably not going to help you probably talking to reading people that uh you know founders of our faith uh, talking to other christians uh Feeding on what I know to be truth versus feeding on the doubt would, would, I think, help. Prayer, I think, would help. Meeting with other believers would help. Okay, so, so let's say that you're, I mean, like, so let's, let's say for, for Will, like, if, as he, you know, experiences some of that, how can, how can we, how can, you know, the three of us in this room help disciple him through that? What are some things, some things we can do? I think I think the first thing that comes to mind is my natural inclination is to go to the historical reliability of scripture to bring you back to archaeological mm-hmm. records to those things. But I think in some cases we have to start with well, what is it that's causing your trust to be eroded? Is it because I want to I want to make sure I'm answering your question and answering your heart, not just simply trying to fix. Hey, there's a problem. You're doubting something that I believe is true. So let me just give you the solution. Here it is, a nice little clean box, a book on historical reliability of scripture. I want to know what is it that's causing you to doubt? Is it, is it, the, is it what you've seen represented by Christians in the world? How do we need to compare how others are behaving? And that's creating doubt against, well, does God really mean what he says he is if other people are behaving this way? Because that's historically a challenge. Yeah. So we gotta, I, I got to unpack with you. Well, Ryan, what's causing your doubt? What's, what is it? Is, is, it, is it that the historical record doesn't uphold this. Okay, well, let's let's examine those things. But is it that people's uh, behavior doesn't align with what I believe Scripture says it should? Okay, well, that maybe maybe I don't need to doubt Scripture. I need to I need to doubt the fruit of of what mm-hmm. belief looks like. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of questions yeah, to true. ask. So, so so one thing I hear you saying is that, and this is why I mean, in multiple such in multiple kind of settings, we've done trainings on empathetic listening. Yeah, because 
this is we were talking about really that's such a useful skill to make a help make a disciple um regardless of what where their particular growth area is is because you have to you can't just throw a book at them you have to take time to really understand what what they're going through so when you could really listen empathetically um and, and also yeah like so i would say for for, for me and i don't have, definitely don't have all my questions answered but going through that experience and things i was able to read people i was able to talk with I was able to really come to a firm, uh, a firm conviction that I really do believe that the Bible is, you know, the accurate testimony of eyewitnesses. And there's things that I heard back when I took that class where it was like, oh my gosh, I never knew that. Is my faith, you know, is my <laughs> faith faith fake? And, and it really shook me yeah. that, that now I've, I've actually become stronger in my trust because of those resources. So, you know, maybe someone who's been through that, who's thought about some of those things and come out on the other side, then sits down with, with someone who's in college thinking through that for the, maybe the first time or really mm-hmm. struggling with it. And we say, Hey, let's talk about some of these questions. Like, you know, this person said this, well, here's, here's a book. Here's a, here's a, here's, here's some evidence, stuff like that. So yeah, I would say that's an example of, of discipleship. I think another thought on that one is where, or maybe I can't personally relate to a struggle that you're having, but I know someone else that has gone through that and walked mm-hmm. through it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if if I hear from a student who has a similar experience to my friend Ryan of walking through a college class where the professor of religion is telling them that none of this is verifiable and accurate and saying, man, I know somebody went through classes like that. I want to introduce you to my friend Ryan. Like, I want to introduce other Christ followers into their lives who can help bear witness to that. And, and here, I think here's a great example of Ryan, what you were talking about before is discipleship. Okay, and let's say, like, I'm going to disciple Will. Okay, I'm his discipler. He is my disciplee. Okay, is that typically the way it looks, or does it look something a little bit more organic and community-based? Like, where it's it's kind of like, okay, if if I, you know, Dave, let's say David hears that, you know, David's talking with you, and then, or David hears that so-and-so is, is wrestling with doubts about a certain thing, and then David thinks, well, you know, I... I haven't taken that class, but I think, you know, Ryan might have, and then he sets up this time and helps us get to know each other and I can kind of help him. And, and, um, or then, you know, in other situations, kind of somebody struggling with something I know David's really good at, and I can introduce them to, to David. I would say like, well, did David make that disciple? Does he get credit? Does he get credit for making that disciple or do I? And I would say, no, David's is something we do together. Community, yeah. David's discipling. I'm discipling, and we're all growing, and um, yeah. In the case it, of Will, I mean, I happened to be with him one one day when we went to lunch, and he shared a bunch of things. So I talked to him. He also talked to people in his uh, Christian ministry. He also read the Bible. He, I mean, there was like you said, there was several things going on in his life. It wasn't that one talk with me cured yeah. cured his thing, or one talk with the the person in Christian ministry. I mean, it was, like you said, it's more organic. There's a process, but it has community. Yeah. Believers, community. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, but so when I'm with, but it's, but that's all discipleship. Right. And, and I, I, we want to start thinking more like that. Okay, who, how, how are the people around me doing in trusting Jesus? How can I help them? How am I doing in trusting Jesus? How can they help me? Mm. Um, and that's, yeah. So, um, so I say that's one thing, you know, trusting that what the Bible says about Jesus is true. N- number two, um, trusting in Jesus for a relationship with God. Uh, and this is when we often think of, I trusted Christ or I put my faith in Jesus. We often kind of use it in this way, like um, John John one twelve, who all, to those who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to be called sons and daughters of God. 
um, John three sixteen that that um, that, uh, that those who believe in Him will not perish but have but have eternal life. That we're we're not just believing that these facts about Jesus are true that Jesus did you know die for our sins and rush from the dead and stuff. But now I'm putting my personal soul in Jesus's in Jesus's hands and I'm trusting in what Jesus did for me for my personal salvation and to be reconciled with with God. So that's kind of another aspect of of um of of trusting in of trusting in Jesus for relationship with God. And maybe two things with with that. Any kind of comments or thoughts about that? Well, that's the okay. one I was focusing on yeah. when we had this discussion yeah. a few minutes ago. That's if that, that's I've already enough. done that, doesn't mean I but I've also had doubts and had people I mean, I've had in my Christian journey where this trust was wavering. So I'm getting, yeah, but when, when, it said, when you guys are saying love, trust, and obey, I was picturing a decision a moment of with salvation. follow-up behavior. I mean, I didn't decide at 12 and then never think of it again. I mean, it was, yeah. it was follow-up my whole life, you know, sure. with some pitfalls. But, you know, but that's what I was picturing with that word. Yeah, I think for some people that's a lot easier to kind of hold on to that point of salvation. But I think there's others that that's that's actually for me that's not personally an area that I've struggled with as much. But I think that is an area where some people like the trusting in Jesus alone for salvation. That that's a that's a that can be a critical uh, point of of growth is 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 trusting in Christ alone, not Christ and. And so I think that's that's why which we, is so important to come to church because I feel like that's what we're saying, reminding each other of that. Like, you know, not to get off shaky ground, but we meet together and we remind each other of these spiritual truths that, that there is one way yeah. to be with the Father, and that's through Jesus. And we do that, you know, with giving a heart, and that that's what church is for me. And and that's why we mentioned before that one of the most important settings for discipleship is life group. Another one of the most important settings for discipleship is our Sunday morning worship gathering, yeah, because that. that's also a time where we're making disciples. Um, so, and uh, yeah, and I, so I'll, I'll give a personal example. I know for, for me, um, I, mean, I trusted Christ when I was six. I made that decision and, and was baptized then. But there's times, I mean, even just in the past couple of weeks where I would make a mistake, I, I, would, I would mess up, and I would just be racked with guilt and shame, fe- feeling like God was mad at me. And I would feel like, okay, God's, you know, God's, God's mad at me, you know, because I was disrespectful to my wife or because I, I, I did something I shouldn't have done. And, and so when we say that trust is an ongoing process, for me, what that looks like, it's not receiving salvation for the first time, but I needed to, tr- I needed to trust that God did love me as a son because of what Jesus has done. Right. And so that's an example of where, you know, people can come alongside of me and, you know, these guys do all the time and say, I mean, you're, you know, God loves you because of Jesus, not because you're, you're perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's number I, two. Yeah. I'd say on that point, I, 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 I resonate with that deeply. And, um, and I've regularly been pointed back recently to second Corinthians three, five, um, where it says not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us to be sufficient. Um, just something about when Paul regularly points us back in his letters to where, in his weakness, he's, God shows up with his strength, and like that's kind of a, a critical place that I 
I regularly go back to those points because that is where I can struggle with the trust. Maybe I don't tr- struggle with trusting Jesus alone as my salvation, but it's the daily trusting. Yeah, of I can see that. The daily wanting to be enough mm-hmm. and the daily reminder of I'm not sufficient, mm-hmm. but that's how God intended it. So I, that's something that I think of on that level just to contribute mm-hmm. to to where I struggle with that and where I need others to help come alongside of me and my trusting. Um, sometimes it's reminding me that I'm, that I'm supposed to feel insufficient. I'm supposed to feel weak because that's where, that's where God's strength comes. And it, it kind of an image comes to my mind. It's like, okay, if, if, I, if I have cancer, then, um, then like I go to the doctor and the doctor's like, okay, this is the treatment that you need. You need to take this treatment. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to help. It's going to get rid of it. So there's one aspect of trusting that I trust in the doctor, I'm going to do the treatment. If I trust the doctor, I'm going to I'm going to do the treatment that the doctor tells me to do. But let's say that I do that, and then the cancer's gone. Then okay, um, like a couple months later, and you know this might not be a perfect example with with cancer, but like let's say I'm completely cured. Now. I knew I was completely cured, uh, and then you know a couple months later, I, I walk down the street and I think, okay, am I really cured? And, and it's trusting that no, I really have been been cured, and, and so. Yeah, I don't need to worry about that anymore. I know that cancer relapses, mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. not perfect. But. Sure. Okay, so that's um, and then uh, let's do two more, and then we can we can kind of wrap up. So n- number three, uh, trusting trusting Jesus involves trusting that Jesus knows better than we do. Trusting that he he knows he knows better than we do. So, Robin, can you read Matthew seven twenty four through twenty seven? Therefore, whoever hears these things of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these things of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. So what does this tell us about kind of trusting Jesus? What is trusting Jesus looking like in this particular situation? It shows it's foundational. It's, you know, what, what holds up your life. Your, it's what you, I mean, it's very important to put your faith in something that's going to hold it, that has the sticking power to carry you through hard circumstances. That's what I would say. going but i also see where it says everyone who hears these words and does them so there's kind of an element of of in that trust there's there's a kind of living mm-hmm. out from yeah it, as we already have kind of talked about that there's a there's a hearing and a doing there's a there's a trusting and an obeying really if we can get to the third part of our definition yeah and that's where i mean trusting and we say trusting loving and obeying there you can't separate them from each other you can't really obey or love without trusting. You can't, if you really do trust, then you're going to naturally love and obey. Um, but yeah, that we need to trust that as, as we're following Jesus, that, you know, when he tells us to do something that feels really hard or that feels wrong or something, um, that, that we trust that he knows better. And that if maybe he wants us to make a financial decision or a relationship decision that seems like, oh, we don't want to do that. Trusting that I'm going to build my house on on god's word not on um not on kind of my own my own opinions or my own perspective um and yeah how that and and that's where we get to 
obey. And I think we also see love in here where, okay, we're trusting. One of the things we're trusting in is that God loves us mm-hmm. and that Jesus has forgiven us. And that allows us to experience his love, which allows us to respond in love. And then trusting in his wisdom allows us to, to, to obey him. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then lastly, I would just say trusting that Jesus will fulfill his promises. Trusting that he, you know, he is with me with this, in his spirit. He, his spirit is with me. That he is working to make me more like him. And that one day he's going to come back. Um, so, yeah. Thoughts about trusting and how it relates to discipleship? I'd be curious, Robin, we talked a little bit about how the trusting felt like it was kind of more just that the moment of trusting Christ for salvation. How do, how do you see trusting as a part of the definition of of making disciples, does this change how you view that as a, as a part of making disciples, thinking about kind of a more broader view? Yeah, I think it's very much broad in my view of love, love, trust, wait, trust love, love, and obey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a song. Should we I know. Song? We should. <laughs> and get Scott to get to work on that. It's a, it's yes, a, it's broad in my view. Because if you had asked me, like, before... I would have said, oh, yeah, I, I do that. I mean, it has to be about me do, me showing yeah. that to someone who doesn't do that. But then as you talk about it, do I do that all the time? No. Are there been periods of doubt in my life? Yes. Do you come upon decisions where you're not doing that and you have to make an action and you've got to think through it? I mean, it, it is much broader. Yeah. And it, then it is, uh, I don't know what the, I wish I could think of the word of what I used to think that was, but we're... <laughs> Christians speaking into each other and speaking truth to each other um, is is more discipleship than I would have ever thought. Well, um, can we can we wrap up, Robin? Can you say something? <laughs> say something smart. Can okay. you succinctly wrap this whole conversation up? <laughs> I, I thought it was great. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and, and I guess I'm not sure if I'll just say this so we can have it recorded if we want to kind of splice it and use it that like yeah we hope to be having more of these conversations and um if you have questions or, or comments we would really appreciate it if anybody would would ask us maybe send us an email um to to me or david or or, or matt or, or robin and um yeah we'd love to just keep talking about what this mm-hmm. looks like yeah i think talking about it is really important i mean this is helpful yeah <laughs> and um yeah we can kind of figure out what the conversation topic will be next time but join us next time on the podcast for an unknown topic <laughs> that is very exciting cool Our prayer from this conversation is not that we have answered every single question you could have. In fact, we know we might have stirred up more questions, and that's a good thing. We're looking forward to that conversation with you. We're looking forward to hearing about the conversations you're happening, you're having around the dinner table or at your life group. We're looking forward to hearing from you and further dialoguing about how do we walk with Jesus with trust. We're looking forward to unpacking this definition further in the weeks to come with more stories 
of how this is happening practically in our church body, and then further looking into God's word on what we mean when we say we are learning to trust, love, and obey Jesus. We're looking forward to our next conversation as we introduce you to a couple other church members and as we let you hear firsthand what uh, being a disciple and helping make disciples has looked like in their relationship. This isn't the only way, it's just one way. And we're looking forward to you getting to hear firsthand a story of how this is happening practically day in, day out at Northwest right now. Hopefully, this will be an encouragement to you to see how you can come alongside of someone else to learn to trust, love, and obey Jesus.